found a new love, different from the one she once knew. Now, Riley Finn, Angel. Buffy's past and present will finally meet. Can you come here and start pounding on my boyfriend? David Boreanaz returns on an all-new Buffy. Welcome to the Box of Gabra. Also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, this is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 4, Episode 20, The Echo Factor. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. And we'll be talking about Spike's ability to completely dismantle all of our friends, which is characters again, but spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows and movies. Welcome back to this thing that we're doing for the 20th time this season. My name's Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts. Cole hosts. Cole number one, Stacia, say hello. Hello. Cole number two, Daniel, say hello. Okay. Ow. (laughs) Where did you get that idea? Ow? <laughs> I'm not joining if the apocalypse comes beat me. It's just like you're not going to join the army. I, I don't feel like she hit him that hard, but man, he really he's reiterated a, he's it a twice. He's a baby boy. He's a little baby boy going to the army. We are here to talk about season four's episode 20, The, the Yoko Factor, which originally aired on May 9th of the year 2000. And it was written by Doug Petrie, Daniel's favorite writer. This is the sixth of 17 for him for the series. The last one was This Year's Girl, and the next one will be No Place Like Home, which is a season four episode. Oh, God, season, sorry, season five, episode four or five. It's when we figure out, find out that Dawn is the key, basically. No, our friends don't find it. Isn't it like every episode we figure out Dawn is the key? It feels like there's multiple episodes where Dawn's the key it and is we a, find it out. kind of a theme of the season. Yeah, cool, for sure. Cool. Directed by David Grossman, five of 12 for the series for him. Last one was Superstar. Next one will be Real Me. That's season five, episode mm. two. Hey, what happened in this episode? Do you know what happened in this episode? A lot of turmoil for our friends. We pick up where we left off in Angel, but you wouldn't know that unless you watched Angel. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, Buffy apparently had a rough time, but she's back now. And Riley's still living in the bombed out school. It was, I mean, yeah, it was bombed. I guess you would say that, right? They exploded it. Was bombed it. out. Yeah. yeah, bombed with like manure right. bombs. Hey, yeah. It blew up the goddamn man. It blew man. up the school. Uh Giles is just chilling and drinking, and Willow and Tara are doing their things, and all none of that matters except we have Spike, who's now an agent of Adam, acting behind the scenes with all of our friends in their disparate places to sow little seeds of doubt. And it's easy to do because all of our friends apparently are having a rough time this year. Spike preys on Xander by saying, "Oh, they don't. Your friends don't like you. You're useless." I mean, that's kind of the through line for everybody. Willow, he preys on Willow by saying, hey, your friends are like you because you're gay. Giles, you're useless. What are you doing here? And then it all culminates in a big fight. And we all are basically not friends at the end of the episode, which is really sad. Also, the B storyline is Angel comes to town, kicks Riley's ass, and we don't see him again until season five. You've got to be kidding me. This is why you came? No, this was an accident. Running your car into a tree is an accident. Running your fist into somebody's face is a plan. Please explain this to me. A little bit of reboot news, kind of. This is old, I guess, but I'm just coming to it. Um, there's, conf- I think, um, God, I can't remember her name. Monica uh, Usu Breen, the who's going to be the new showrunner for the reboot, if it ever exists. 
um, at some point confirmed that the main character is not going to be white. So it's going to be a woman of color, which is great because that gives me more fuel for my fire. Please be Nikki Wood. Please be Nikki Wood. Even though I know it's not going to be Nikki Wood. That would be amazing. Anyway. Um, and also everybody's on board. Of course, James Marshall is like, I'll be a weird old man in it if I need to be. Every Basically everyone, except for predictably Sarah Michelle Gellar, is like, I'll do it. Why not? I'll do it. Anthony Stewart Head. Like every, everybody's like, sure, really? sure, sure. Yeah. I, and I don't think that they they want them to be in it. Like, I don't think they're going to be a part of it, a part of it. But you better fucking believe they're going to be cameos. Like, oh, yeah, I don't they're cameos. Be, yeah. So I'm just excited that it could. I, I'm still trying to keep hope alive that maybe it will be Nikki Wood. But I know it won't be about did you guys know that in my listening to Dolly Parton all week? That was the other thing I was going to bring up. Dolly my last Parton bit of news was a secret executive producer of Buffy the Vampire. What the fuck? Now, I don't know why this happened, but for some reason on the internet, this this blew up. thing this exploded. Is... And like how, how it was unknown it? As forever and why the whole internet grabbed it. I mean, you hear it, you freak out and I get it. So that's why it spread. That's but like, why now? The, the company's defunct. Like, they haven't done anything in a million years. I think it... And I can't... You can't find Sand Dollar Entertainment anywhere. The, the name Sand Dollar Productions belongs to a completely different company now. Mm. Uh, and the last thing that I can find for sure that they produced was Angel. Like, they, 2004 was the last time they did anything. Presumably the last season of Angel. So... Yeah, anyway, Dolly Parton co-founded the Sand Dollar Entertainment. She has a bunch of different... See, but he co-founded it. Yeah, she, really, like, how, yeah, she wasn't hands-on, but know, she but was writing what, the checks, right? So like. But of course, like all the internet thing is just like, did you know Dolly Parton and Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It's like, no, she just... She's but they just do there. have the same birthday. I know, which, which is, is fun. Uh, which is adorable. I love that. Yeah, so wild that that happened. So I'm sure if you were part of the internet during this time, which is April of, of 2020, you too already knew that. So cool news for us. All right. We're here to talk about the Oko Factor. Let's fucking focus. Stacia, how did you feel about this episode of television? It's okay. I guess. I Okay, all right. Tepid response. Daniel, <laughs> how did you feel about this episode of television? I don't know. At first, I didn't like it. Then I did. Sweet, sweet. Also, <laughs> nice, lukewarm. I thought I wasn't going to like it, and I knew that Doug Petrie was doing it, and I was excited to keep him on my shit list. And then and? that final scene with, with all of our friends, it was very harrowing and i really enjoyed everybody being upset and buffy leaving i really didn't i thought it was going to be a a nice kumbaya moment at the end and they she just fucking bounced no you said you wanted to go so let's go all of us we'll walk into that cave with you two attacking me and the funny drunk drooling on my shoe hey hey maybe that's the secret way to killing adam buffy is that it is that how you can help you're not answering me how can you possibly help? So, I guess I'm starting to understand why there's no ancient prophecy about a chosen one and her friends. If I need help, I'll go to someone I can count on. Sure and everyone's really sad. And I think it, it sets up the stakes for Primeval, which it is fun. No, I mean, Riley doing, I mean, Riley's ridiculous, but like, and so I hope that it's more to it than I'm reading into, but like they set up a lot of nice pieces for a final. So the Riley thing's interesting because I, um, I go to this weird source. The BBC had this little cult trivia side website thing. 
Anyway, there's this Buffy archive on it, and they did a lot of re- uh, interviews with Doug Petrie at the time, so there's cool little snippets about every episode. But they are reviewing, it's basically an archive of their reviews real time as it was airing in England. So Because a lot of the, the seasons, I think they either aired the year after or maybe even ye- a couple of years after the fact. So everything for them is delayed. So we already knew basically everything that happened when they're getting it for the first time. So during this episode, the people that reviewed it for the BBC on that site were like, holy shit, it- Maybe Riley was a double agent the whole time. That'd be kind of cool. And I was like, oh, sweet, sweet babies. No, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not it. He's just, it's just like he's kind I mean, of part robot. Kind of thought. I mean, oh, that'd I be cool, now, right? Like, yeah. so. I mean, would it be cool now? I don't think it would be well, cool. Maybe like a layer. He could have a layer. He just. Uh, and he is a double agent later. But his boyfriend's dead. I know. He's real sad. So that's what it is. He's like in grief and he goes. Yeah, that's it. My boyfriend's dead and you're gonna be in trouble at him. Hey, She went running to L.A. and phoned up on her history. No, I'm sure it's boneless. Then you with the kissing. Morale's a problem. Uh, I liked this episode a lot. It's one of my favorites of the season, yeah, even of the series. It's one I always think of, but it is mostly those last five minutes. But there are jokes, jokes, jokes the whole way through. It's a, it's a funny episode. Literally everything Giles says in the last five minutes is gold. Like, and it just, because this episode doesn't rely, I mean, the, <laughs> the fight between Angel and Riley aside, which I did like the, the choreography. It was a fun fight scene for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I just always remember this episode really fondly, so I was worried rewatching it that I was like, oh shit, this is going to be one of those classic examples of like, this episode's the best episode ever, school hard. And then it's just like, oh. But it didn't, did not disappoint. It was just as funny as I remembered it. So yeah, Doug Petrie, is he off your shit list officially? He's off, my, he's off my shit list for sure. Nice. Yes. I mean, he was technically off my shit list at the end of this. So I guess I will say I didn't choose for him to be off the shit list. Season four for him is over. So all, and I told him one told one him. season, one season. Him. But this whole episode hinges on our friends, obviously, and Spike just flawlessly spinning everybody into fucking chaos and preying on their their worst insecurities. And I am always going to love that about uh, when we don't do the monster thing and it's like it's all about our friends. That's always going to be a good episode. It's a recipe for success most of the time. So in that vein, I just kind of wanted to go through and discuss uh, how Spike is able to manipulate our friends. And obviously there is, there's pretty much the same thing on everybody where he basically, everyone's, he's able to prey on them because he's assessing everybody's usefulness. Like that's, there's a little bit of shades to it for everybody else, but it's like, how useful are you? That's what the fight kind of culminates into. How can you help? Buffy reiterates over and over. How exactly can you help? Just want you to know when the big ugly goes down, Slayer's going to be right in the thick of it. You ready for that? I'm counting on it. So Giles is a super easy target, and that's the first one Spike goes to. But I can't tell if he's being a secret agent or if he's being real. I th- well, that's why it's so, it it's works fun. so well. It's fun. So I, I keep thinking that he's just going to tell them, and then he doesn't. I have to believe that... I think that Spike is such a, a great apparatus for this strategy because he's able to toe that line. Because I think he's a great... Um, what do they call it? Why am I forgetting English? 
people that <laughs> not st- improv. Oh my god, <laughs> I think he's a a great improvisationalist, a great improviser. That's the word. Oh, I think he's a great the character of Spike. Yes, the okay. character of Spike is a great improviser. So it's hard to know if he had the whole plan in his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before he even enacted it, or if as he interacted with each one of our friends that he kind of just rolled with it. And I think Giles is the easiest target because he's seen, he's been, he fucking lived in Giles' house for however many episodes at the beginning of the season. So he definitely has seen the fall of Giles, the decline of Giles, turning into very much like a retired librarian. I'm her watcher. I think you're neglecting the past tense there, Rupert. Spike on fire. Just 100 flame emojis everywhere for Spike this episode, for sure. How do you think that Giles can be in Buffy's life in a way that would feel fulfilling for him now? Or is it up to Buffy to make him have value? Like, what? how could he still be in her life in this moment, realistically? I don't think the problem is that he's not officially Buffy's watcher anymore because they never had a traditional, like, Slayer watcher relationship where he's giving her assignments and, like, instructions from the council or anything. It never even seemed like he really trained her that much. She was just kind of support for her, I guess. Um, And I think he can still function in that capacity. I think the problem is, is that, like, you know, he's going through this moment of, if I'm not her watcher, what do I do? And I think it's hard when you're just, like, a normal human. It's the same thing that Xander's struggling with. Like, how do I be useful in this situation? But I think, honestly, if Giles just got any job, he <laughs> yeah. feels so much better about his Follow-up life. question. How is he living his life without that's, any job? That's a good point. Because, like, famously, fired from the council. They don't seem to pay him at all, even when he's actually working for them. So he must – do you think he got some kind of severance? Do you think – no? Do you think, like, uh, yeah, Sunnydale – Paid off all of the employees of yeah. some huge bailout. Um, $100,000. Shut up. Don't talk about the snake. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, every every citizen of Sunnydale gets hush money. <laughs> I don't know. How does, he describe, how does he explain it? I don't know. Uh, clearly, Giles is that. drunk AF in this episode by the end of it. Daniel, have you noticed him drinking a lot? I no. haven't, but I think he... Must have been. No, he, just, he loves looking at that liquor, though. He he loves it. I mean, I think it's been in shots before, but I don't think we've really leaned on. I mean, obviously, he gets drunk with Ethan Rain in a new movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. But, like, I haven't really been noticing him drinking that much. The only reason I bring that up is because that BBC cold site thing I was telling you about, they, they said, like, oh, he's been quietly drinking this whole season. I mean, maybe, like, off screen, but have you seen him, like, really? I mean, I think that him getting drunk is his reaction to trauma oh yeah despite <laughs> completely spinning him the fuck out yeah. yeah i mean i think he's maybe casually drinking i don't think he's a secret alcoholic but yeah. you also see it in pangs when he loses his sight he just gets oh that's drunk. A, oh and something blue something yeah. blue, something blue, something blue. Yeah. but even in pangs he was drinking too i yeah. think he's been subtly drinking i don't know if it's in a reaction to anything it's just kind of his his vibe i'm now, right? fucking bored uh and in a follow-up to that should he have kept drinking, even though all these children were in his house the whole day? <laughs> I mean, they're not children. They're all adults. They're Still, all adults. I don't know, man. I feel like... I don't care what the government says. <laughs> no, they're adults. Of course he seems... should keep drinking. I mean, he's a fuck... they're all adults. Yeah. Do what you want to do. And they can decide if they don't want to be with him, right? So, like, Giles, I assume, is going to make a, a 180 and be Mr. Sober Boy. But... You know, if he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah. I'm sure that they're old enough to live with the 
result of that. I just keep trying to think of like if I had a person in my life. I mean, I've I've had friends that are older, but I don't know their relationship is. I mean, it's a weird relationship yeah. to begin with. He's he's just an old guy. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Yeah. It's a TV show. That's gonna... true. Can't poke <laughs> any more holes in that. I could have gone straight to the Slayer, you know. I cut you in, let you pretend you're actually in charge. Now you've got to wait for Red's permission to finish the deal. As soon as we see what's on the discs. Hey, it looks like gibberish. Gibberish? They're encrypted. Oh, wonderful. Can you fix them? Crack a government encryption code on my laptop? Easy is really difficult. Why? You're not exactly the whiz these days either. God, I'm never going to get paid. I am a whiz. Well, she is a whiz. Ever a whiz there was. I, I just need some time. No, I just heard you weren't... Your mate said you weren't playing with computers so much. Into the new thing. What new thing? You know, you two. The whole wicker thing. They, they were talking about that? Can we get back to business here? I've got a deal at stake. What did they say? Talking about, you know, it's a phase. You'll get over it. What? Who said that? Was it Buffy? Because you know what she means. No, she was defending you. Because Xander said you were just being trendy. Trendy? I don't know what they were going on about. Person wants to be a witch, that's their business. Blue and Tara, my favorite people. That I feel like, even though I talked about them all episode last episode, I could just keep talking about them. I can't stress enough how fucking important they are to my life. They've sent me into a lesbian spiral. I'm rewatching the L word again. You don't need to know that, but here we are. Anyway, so, Blue and Tara, they are in the Matrix. <laughs> they are decrypting files. Uh, that's Spike's brother. Oh, they brought are. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot all about that. How magic. could you forget? I did. <laughs> I mean, it's not green, so it's not beating you over the head, but Jesus Christ. I mean, that's not a thing. Has anyone ever seen that's a screen a screen do that? Saver. Yeah, no, not a thing. I'm just saying, it doesn't make any sense. He, he started in the Matrix, but he never left town. If only the internet were so cool. Um, Spike gets there and sees that they're, whoa, Willow and Tara are so close. In fact, the way they show affection is by lightly... Tara just touches the ends of her hair. But even before that, we got a little bit of uh, talking about the dorm sitch. And she's like, oh, right, we're yeah. not even roommates anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think all of these, Giles to the side, all of the rest of them really laid it out themselves, even before Spike had to walk in and ram a truck through it. Yeah. It's like they've already laid out, as if it wasn't clear throughout the whole season. But here we are. And this I think that good. the scene between the men in the dorm the kitten and Alice and Hannah again. What the fuck? Is there something cuter in the world? I don't know. Oh, I love you, Miss Kitty Fantastical. I think that the scene between Tara and Willow in the dorm is great because they are, like you said, already they're already talking about how distant they are. And it's fun to like, we as the audience have been noticing it. Surely our characters have been noticing it, but we haven't really talked about it yet. Like um, episodes, multiple episodes, Willow has been like, yeah, but Buffy's doing her own thing. So... Guess I'll do my own thing, which gave us opportunities for Tara to even exist in the first place, right? There's a lot of the Riley thing, too, where the Wedge was sorry. So it's really nice to have Willow express that and actually talk about it openly. Like, I guess I don't know what we're going to do. And the the ludicrosity? How would you conjugate that? Uh, The absurdity of Willow for a second. (laughs) got to put working picket sometimes. Look at the absurdity. Ludicrosity, but it's not a word. <laughs> That's good stuff. 
the sheer ludicrousity of Willow saying, Just making a thing. Tara, what do you want to do next week? She's like, I'm never leaving this dorm. Are you out of your fucking That's mind? I'm, I'm here alone. I've already done all this decorating work, as shabby as it might be. I'm not going anywhere. I have the best dorm room in the history of television. Why would I ever leave? Yeah. Unless it was into Joyce's house after she dies. I'm never leaving. (laughs) That's not going to happen. (laughs) Who could predict? (laughs) Yeah, so that's uh, ridiculous. But it's, it's she and is also making plans to grow old with Buffy. I thought you already made plans to be old and run into us. What happened? But I guess it was just like a chance. She could be growing old with Buffy and then run into us. What? How dare she? Someone needs to tell us. Okay, so Spike, I think in this moment, yeah, he's coming just to drop off the discs. And I don't know that he was going to prey on Willow in this way. And I wonder if he hadn't seen them interact, what his strategy would be. Do, what do you think Spike could have was done? He, was he legitimately tr- – he wanted to know what was on the disc, right? What was on the disc? What was the point of the disc again? I, I don't even fucking remember. Do you have any idea what the disc was about? Where was it? Was it supposed to be like Adam's weak points or something? If I remember correctly – the reason she can't break into it is because she's not meant to. And then when Adam is ready to trigger the plan, she's magically able to get into them because like he set some time release cool. on well, these floppy disks. Don't say anything more. It sounds great. <laughs> That's how technology works. Fucking yes. Christ. You're like Tony Robbins. If he was a big, scary Frankenstein looking. You're exactly like Tony Robbins. But so, yeah. So I, if that's the case, then if, if, Adam knew it wasn't going to work and Spike knew that it wasn't going to work, then he must, he's there for a reason, right? Either he's stalling, just waiting for Buffy, or he's doing his job. He's trying to, he he already sowed seeds in Giles. He's clearly drinking. That worked. So now I got to get on, and Xander at that point had worked. So so that's what I'm saying. Do you think he's like improvising on the spot what he's going to do to attack? Well, he's just like, I know I need to separate them. I don't know what my I think is I be. think he attacked the hierarchy absolutely correctly. Yeah. Giles, the weakest link at this point. Xander, the second weakest link. And Willow was probably one of those, like, I don't really know how to do this. Yeah. So I'm just going to be around. Maybe I don't even need to. Or I'm going to be around. Wait for that opening. And wait for the opening. Yeah. That was more of an opening because he definitely made up the Xander thing and he definitely preyed on Giles immediately. Yeah. So the Willow thing, I he had no idea. But he understood immediately in a way that Buffy never understood. None of her friends understood. Nope. But Spike got it. Faith picks Two it seconds. up immediately. Spake. 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 Faith and, Faith and Spake. Oh, no. <laughs> is that their name? No, it would be oh, f- Spake. Fake. Yeah, fake. fake. Is, no, fake is fake absolutely is right. Spake. <laughs> the thing he, he really freaks Willow out about is is if Buffy's okay mm-hmm. with her coming. I don't know. Being because she wasn't her. seemingly okay with it right. based on her reaction last week. Do you think, I don't, and then we didn't really super go into it, I think because I'm just like, yay, lesbians on TV, nothing is matters, let's just talk about that, gay stuff, gay stuff. I mean, her initial reaction is a little freaked out, but I understand because if you're not expecting it, maybe it takes a second to process, but from this point forward or from that point forward, you never see anything that indicates Buffy has a problem with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think she, I mean, we did say that as much, even at the end of the episode, she's like, you had a momentary Wiggins about Willow being an unconventional relationship. So it's interesting to see that Willow feels like maybe Buffy was well, more upset than she that's was. That's why Buffy was so indignant at the end. Yeah. Just to, for Willow to think that, I think she's very upset. Yeah. And Willow would think that. It, but I guess it makes sense from Willow's standpoint, too, right? Like, this is a big, scary thing. You're not sure how your friends are going to And you've never and... declaratively said anything until this That's moment. That's a good point. And it is a big... Uh, it was just deal. implied. It's it's complicated because of Tara. Well, she never said fully what that relationship was or what not that, that was. But, but Buffy should know. Like like any normal Just like Spike could figure out know. in one Anyone one should know. But there is some power into putting it into words. And, Absolutely. I mean, even fucking... 
drunk boy up there, you know, <laughs> bloody hell. Like, what's that? What is, what is this thing? Um, the other thing that Willow brings up during the, the fight at the end is that she thinks that Xander and Buffy are closer. It's like, you two are the two who are the two. I'm the other one. Do you, why do you think Willow would think for a second that Xander and Buffy are closer than her and Buffy? I have no idea. Cause it's whack. Xander's clearly the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Willow, by the nature of her relationship with Tara's, maybe felt a little alienated from the group. Just like Xander has his girlfriend here all the time. Buffy has her boyfriend here all the time. I'm just me. I'm, you know, the fifth wheel in every fucking situation. Cause I can't have my girlfriend here or I don't, I'm not even with anybody. Yeah. Person, yeah. 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 I'm not even with anybody. When Spike Back said a uh, person wants to be a witch, that's their business. That was the best part. Cause it's just, <laughs> the implications are so good. And I love um, that they know it instantly what each other's talking about. It's uh-huh. just, ah, uh, fucking Spike. Yes. Wonderful. Um, we can move on to Xander. Can you believe this? Like I'm some sort of useless lunk. It happens that I'm good at a lot of things. I help out with all kinds of stuff. I have skills and stratagems. I'm very... Help me out. He's a Viking in the sack. Terrific. Xander, I, I feel like I don't need to ask you a lot of questions about this, Stacia, because you stated <laughs> many times the lack of usefulness Coming from Xander and how Fire from Starbucks. Fire from the sex phone line. <laughs> phone sex line. The sex phone line. What's that? Obviously, the the weakest spot for Xander is his usefulness to the group. Now, again, Buffy somehow ridiculously point, tries to point out, Willow, like, what exactly can he do? It's like, hello, Xander even just said, my superpowered friends go do superpowers because Willow also has superpowers. Like, but what does Xander bring to the group? Nothing. As you've said time and time again, he could. He could be useful. So what do you think in the fight against Adam, since that's the dis- that's the discussion we're having at the end, what do you think that Xander could do in this situation to help fight Adam? Um, die. <laughs> oh my god! I don't, I mean, no one can do anything to help fight Adam. I think that's supposed to be the problem with him, is he's just so overpowered that even Buffy yeah. isn't a match for him. Like, I mean, that's been our interactions with him so far. I don't remember how he dies. So legitimately, I don't know what Xander does. I, I almost think don't want to tell him. I don't know. Let me, no, I'm just going to yeah. say it if, I, if I'm wrong. It's worse They all become think. computers, right? Mm, not, they you're all, not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, you are wrong, but they all do become something. Yeah. They all become the one. Basically. Yeah. Okay. I well, we've already vaguely... entered the Matrix. They become the one. <laughs> They're all Neo. Yeah, exactly. Reeves cuts them down. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I kind of vaguely remember like the ending being really intense, where they're all like chanting the same thing or something. Okay, all right, I vaguely recall. But but Xander is basically just part of the group. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's like they're all each part of the Slayer. Somebody's the hand. Somebody's the heart. Somebody's the mind, and the other one's the spirit. I think. And which one is he? The heart. I think something dumb like that. You should be like the and, pinky toe. And then Giles is the eye, Buffy's the hand, and Willow's the spirit. I would think. That's how it goes. Anyway. It's Tara. Rude. She's not dead. Invited. <laughs> Just like, oh. I mean, I think the bigger insecurity, because clearly this is not a flaw that Xander sees any need to fix, because no, of course starting here to the end of the show, he doesn't. Um, mm. I think the bigger flaw is he's insecure that... His friends are going to college and he's not. Like yeah. he's made a and different life choice. He did say that choice. even this time. Yeah. He, he straight up said, "Like you know, fired from Starbucks, fired from the phone sex line. <laughs> like I'm just failing. I'm living in my mom's basement. I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with his ability to help Buffy because he's never been able to, and he never strives to Will. be able to in the future. No, this is stupid. Stupid. 
So you finally had the guts to say it to my face. I didn't say you were stupid. So stop being an idiot and let me fix this. Speaking of getting fired from Starbucks, what do you think he got fired for? Drinking the coffee instead of making it. Too many wisecracks. Yeah. Wearing his Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I don't know. Pick one. Um, I mean, I I did find that Buffy's Buffy's question, how can you help me or like how can you help the mission or however she's phrasing it, is really unfair and disingenuous because clearly her friends have helped her. It's been yes. the one defining yes. feature that's helped her survive. And a spike laid out too, Dad. I mean and not that I am the first person to come running to Xander's defense, but he is the reason why Buffy is alive right now because he's the one that pulled her out of the water yeah. and gave her CPR and brought her back to life. Stacia like, will never let anyone forget that Buffy died in the <laughs> Buffy first died season. Guys. Season Buffy died in season one. Buffy fucking died, you guys. <laughs> Have you listened to Prophecy Girl? Just go wait till season five episode. happens when I keep reiterating this every episode. <laughs> Buffy fucking died. Xander, you're one of my best friends. You and Willow. Well, Willow's not looking to date you. Or if she is, she's playing it pretty close to the chest. <laughs> but, like, all of the successes that Buffy has seen has never been solo. She's always needed help from them, whether it's, you know, research help from Willow and Giles or magic help from Willow and Tara or just emotional support from Xander, because I really do think he kind of does act like the, like, ballast <laughs> yeah. in their group where he's, just, like, the steady one, I guess. <laughs> Um, Which sucks, but it does suck. (laughs) (laughs) You could have a better one, but so it's completely unfair for Buffy to say, "What can you do? What do you bring to this group?" Like I'm the Slayer, and I stand alone, and I understand it to a certain extent. But also, like again, the defining feature for you and why you outlived everyone, why you've done better than Kendra and Faith, and why you've lived so long is that you have your friends supporting you and watching your back. So I found it really frustrating. Also, like, clearly you're using Willow's magic on a fairly frequent basis. So just scream, how can you be helpful to me to Willow? And yeah. then Willow be like, oh, I don't know. I can't do computers. It was infuriating. Yes. <laughs> and that's like, how fights that go. Part. You just get irrational. And you're like, ah, y'all fucking suck. Also, you know, I'm the fucking slayer. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that we haven't mentioned, because we show the others feeling you know, disparate from Buffy and, like, kind of on their own paths, like, Willow having our conversation, like, I don't know if we're going to be roommates or whatever. Yeah. You get that moment where Buffy gets home from L.A. and she's had a terrible time and she goes to her dorm room and she clearly just wants to talk to Willow and right. Willow isn't there and she just lays in her bed alone. Yeah. Like, very it's sad. not just that Buffy's leaving Willow. Willow's also leaving mm. Buffy. Yeah. Like, she's also alone and she's just, like, if you're not going to help me, if you can't be here for me, like, I can't choose to opt out, and you all can. Like, I mm. need to be able to do this on my own because I don't have any guarantees you're going to be here. That's <laughs> a great point. There so, is no payroll here. You are, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. And that would be a frightening position to be in, too. Yeah. So yeah. it's, like, easier. It's, like, a shield thing. Like, I mean, kind of, like, to bring her up again, Faith preemptively cuts people out, right? Like, fuck you. You're going to leave me. Yeah. I can't count on you, so I might as well just not even bother. So Buffy, for her to be, like, so vulnerable with her friends and counting on her friends so much to feel for a second like fuck they're not here they're not here you know what fuck y'all another thing one last thing about xander i'm just curious do you think he would have been better off joining the army do you think that's like a reasonable thing that he could maybe do i mean his military knowledge in the past has been useful (laughs) it's been useful but i feel like the military if you're in the army they already have that knowledge so how much use is it is he more useful than a normal army person yeah i don't know (laughs) 
I mean, I definitely think there are ways that Xander could find to make himself useful to the group in that sense if he wanted right. to. Which we've talked about multiple times. Yeah. But I could see him, you know, a listless guy with no real direction. He well, feels alienated from his friends already. Fuck it. Like, why not? So many people do that. But listen, unfortunately, I would I would just say, you know, I hate to bring it up, but the comics, when he becomes General Xander, like, there's something that happens militarily that I think he is well suited for that. I think he just wants to be told what to do. Totally. And yeah. if he just has a direction. Well, that's why Buffy being a general is really useful for him. Yeah, fair enough. And and but but it's also that's still a little bit loose, right? He I think he just thrives on like it being real. He probably would do well in the initiative. I mean, yeah, honestly. for what it's worth, it's yeah, which is stupid. But I also I I don't know if you're going to bring it up or not. But uh, to Anya when they were talking about um, military, I think it was with Spike in the military. He brought up he just like offhandedly said they look down on you and they hate you. So I mean, you're sowing the seed right there of everybody. You know, they don't want you in the group either. Mm-hmm. So even though Anya sort of separates herself, and I guess Tara does too, you know, there's a belief amongst Anya, at least I'm sure, where she's like, yeah, they don't they don't want me around either. They probably think it's weird that I'm always here and Willow can't bring anybody, which I think reinforces everything. Yeah, that was a really shitty comment. It was a I, shitty I comment. Forget where say, he's just like, I, and they hate you. And like the Venom, he says it to her. It's like, but I think that's kind of the whole, that's the driving force. And I think uh, Spike at that time in his script, I think was like, yes, two and one. Success. I wasn't even, I wasn't even trying for Anya, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fucking Xander, of course, is going to be the one to bomb this one. So wonderful. I have someone in my life now that I love. You don't know me anymore, so don't come down here with your great new life and expect me to do things your way. Go home. And then the big foreheaded, shouldered, billowy coat king of pain of it all. Buffy, Riley, and Angel. Uh, so that's how we start the episode, right? So might as well get into my angel update. It's time for an angel update. <laughs> Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. So this episode picks up directly after the events of Angel episode 19, uh, which is the second part of the two-part episode, the first one being 5 by 5 episode 18. So basically, instead of the episode of Angel being directly after Who Are You, it happens three episodes later in the episode 5 by 5 episode 18 of Angel. So basically, Faith is... She dematerializes, go to another universe. I don't know. It's gone. And then suddenly it shows up. None of that's actually right, canon. I'm just real. like, okay. she's, not there. <laughs> she's not there, but then shows up at a bus station in LA. Sure. And is immediately. Because she was riding a fruit truck away, right? That's she rode it her. to the East Coast, maybe, and then rode it back. Who knows? Because right. she's gone for two weeks and then shows up in LA. But whatever. She, her adventures. And we also, we don't know how elastic time is. Like, there's not necessarily a one-to-one With on what week it is in Angel in LA. It is three hours away, guys. So it's basically a different planet. Yeah. Uh, They're not on the same time or anything. As soon as she gets out of the bus, basically she's scooped up by Wolfram and Hart, who want to use her as a tool to assassinate Angel. She stalks him a little bit and decides to... Angel walks around in the daylight so much on that fucking show. I just want to say it's ridiculous, inconvenient, and I get it. We need him to be in the day, and your hero can't be around in the day, and that kind of sucks, because that's where things happen. Anyway, uh, she has a little crossbow. She goes... Angel... I think Wesley and Cordelia are walking through this fucking courthouse. I don't even know where they oh, are. Oh, Wesley's here at this point. Oh, yeah. Wesley's here. Hey. By the way, Re- Wesley's back, guys. Oh, Doyle's dead. Sorry. Doyle's dead. Cordelia now has visions. Wesley's yes. back. He's a rogue demon hunter. He showed up in all weather, and they got he got over that phase really quick. Yes. But anyway, so now our new friends are Angel, Wesley, and Cordelia. Our new old friends. The old friends. They're walking through a courthouse. Faith find like... It, Appears out of the crowd with a crossbow, shoots it at Angel while he's walking away, and he somehow, because he's super vampire, 
turns around immediately and catches it before it, it hits him. <laughs> of course. So now we know, oh shit, Finn's back. Rogue Slayer, she's here. Oh shit, oh shit. Uh, so they go back to Angel Investigations to like recon to and to investigate. At that moment, Angel calls Giles and says, Faith is here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, funny story. I already knew that. She kind of already fucked up our whole lives down here. Gotta go. So Angel's like, I'm oh, drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling me. I haven't spoken to anyone in two weeks. The kids don't come by anymore. <laughs> the kids. So, <laughs> so uh, he's like, okay, well, we got to do something about Faith. Meanwhile, remember our friends, our, our, our wet works uh, watch your friends from the council, Weatherby and Fuckface, yeah, Helicopter yeah, yeah, Boys. Yeah, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. They Helicopter. recruit Wesley, former member of the council, never right. you forget, say, hey, we want you to tranquilize Faith so we can capture her and do stuff. We don't know. We don't know. He's like, on what condition that you don't hurt Angel? And they're like, we don't work with vampires. And it's a whole very melodramatic bullshit thing. Wesley goes to Faith to confront her. Oh, how the turntables turn. Faith captures Wesley and <laughs> tortures him. Straight up tortures him. Cuts him up. Takes glass. Cuts him up. Like, so <laughs> Faith's still great. Okay. Yeah. Angel comes to rescue Wesley. They have a big fight. The fight culminates when they jump out of like a third story window onto an alley below. Does he jump like he's in Buffy's bedroom? Like, uh, no, because they're fighting together. It's like oh. a hugging, fighting, yeah. jumping thing. They, they continue the fight in the alley once they fall to the ground. And it ends with Faith, like, having a complete mental breakdown where she's screaming in Angel's face, just kill me, just kill me. And he's like, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to fucking kill you. And Wesley sees the whole thing go down. And he's like, this bitch just tortured me. Why are you hugging? Why are you hugging in the rain? So oh, yeah, it's raining, you too. still love Faith. Yeah. I know. I do, I do. So that's the end of 5 by 5 We pick up in Sanctuary, the immediate episode following it. And this is where Buffy comes in. So we start the episode with... And, or uh, yeah, Faith and Angel are in Faith's or in Angel's office slash house because he lives in like the basement of the office. Right, right. Uh, he's like you know nursing her back to health like a little baby bird. Like I'll take care of you. Everything's gonna be okay. You have value. The deputy mayor had wooden splinters in his wound, struck right through the heart with a sharp pointed object. Now Buffy breaks in because she knows yeah. that Faith is in L.A. because. Angel called Giles. The reason why I reiterate that is because I could not remember for the life of me how the fuck Buffy would know any of this went down. It's because Angel called Giles. So, Buffy shows up and is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? She She tried tried to to kill kill my mom. She took over my body. She ruined my life. She has actually my boyfriend. I can't do this. Okay? This is not okay. And so, Angel, previously on, overreacts. They punch each other in the face. Yeah, they do. It's fucking nuts. Brutal. Uh, And he says, I mean, who really cares about the faith? Oh, I guess, okay, the faith stuff doesn't matter because... The Watchers counts. Okay, so now we got a problem. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> Wolfram and Hart is pissed because Faith bailed on her contract, didn't kill Angel, so now they're trying to kill it Faith. It can't be a real legal binding contract. Whatever. A murder contract They've can't got the be partners. real. They've partners. The partners enforce their legal contracts. <laughs> Wolfram and Hart are after Faith because she didn't mafia. kill Angel, so they send another assassin to kill Angel and Faith. Oh, mostly Faith. The Watchers Council is after Faith because they want her dead, too, or want her captured or whatever, take her back to England for really vague punishment. Buffy is after Faith because, you know, all their baggage. And Angel's like, don't kill Faith! And also, maybe don't kill me, I guess. So, all their shit culminates on a rooftop fight in some... Maybe it's the roof of Wolfram and Hart. I have no idea. It's a really tall building. The Council brings a fucking helicopter. So, basically, there's assassins attacking Angel and Faith. The Council's attacking Faith. Buffy's attacking Faith. Everyone's fighting everyone. It ends with with Angel leaping into the air, (laughs) grabbing a helicopter. 
<laughs> and writing it down as a machine gunner is trying to kill. This is all real. It's all real. It all happens. <laughs> this is why I can't watch Angel sometimes. I swear to God. So, machine gunner shooting at Buffy and Faith. Angel leaps into the air, grabs on the helicopter. They all go into the ground. They all get arrested. <laughs> as they're going to the police station, they see Faith has. Well, Angel. She pulled a helicopter down. I would know. shoot him on the spot a thousand times. I mean, how is he heavy enough to pull it down? I don't. Oh, I know he's wide, but he's not that. I mean, I can't. can't maybe he like flies the helicopter down. I don't know. Like he, because he leaps onto it, pulls himself in, disables the machine gunner. However, he disables him, and then. Flies out like I don't fucking Why know. Why would you get arrested then? The point Fly is, away. Elizabeth Rom, Kate Lockley, whatever her name yeah, is, yeah. is on the ground oh, waiting no. to arrest Angel and Buffy when they get down there. <laughs> Faith is not with them. It's just Angel and Buffy who get arrested because, of course. So when they're at the, the police station, turns out Faith is already there because she's turned herself in for murder. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the most <laughs> unbelievable shit in this whole episode is Faith. Uh, that is the last time we will see Faith for a really long time. Thank God. Thank God. So that's the end of the saga of Faith. Oh, I don't <laughs> that want is to your talk angel about update. Faith. <laughs> no, but you need to go into his actual conversation with Buffy. Oh yeah, sure, we can talk about because it. because that's the entire reason why. Right, and that's that's back to Buffy back violating to Buffy. angel, which is what this is all about. Take it you're not an angel fan either. Well, it's not like I hate the guy. Just you know, the guts part of him. Can't blame you. But to be fair, it's not him you hate. It's the curse. Right? What did Buffy tell you? Um, (laughs) I think it's morally questionable that she didn't tell him everything. I think so. I don't think so. I think she wanted to unload herself. That's the vibe I got, is that she wanted to tell Riley the truth. And then she didn't tell him the truth? Well, not the whole truth, right? I (laughs) I think... I think what Buffy did was legitimate, like... Until it blew up in her face. Well, I I still don't think Buffy did anything wrong, because one thing, Riley was clearly already upset about how much she told him, because when Xander was like, well, how much did she tell you? And Riley said, everything, too much. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. He already didn't want to know any more details, and I... And maybe she read that, too, and was like, I'll leave that part out. Yeah, and I think there's another point where it's like, okay, yeah, he... He loses his soul if he has sex with Buffy. That's a weird detail. But she's not going to have sex with him. Right. You think that Angel and I... Didn't you? No. Of course not. How can you even ask me that? I don't know. Xander said... Xander? Oh, he's the deadest man in Deadonia. It's not like it's information he needs to know so he can be safe around Angel. Or so True. he can make sure that if Angel's ever there, well, that unless. he's not going to cause Angel to lose I'm his soul. I'm Forrest so much, Angel. Come here. <laughs> I feel like, if anything, the implication's already there. I, I agree it's, it's there. Like he it's there. knows that Buffy's not a virgin because Parker yes. says as much and Riley decks him for it. Yeah. So the assumption that she wouldn't have had sex with her a long time like, multiple-year boyfriend is pretty absurd. Sure. I mean, if anything, it should have made him happy to know, like, the reason why they don't work is they're fundamentally incompatible because <laughs> this poor sad sack loves Buffy so fucking much, he can't actually fuck her. <laughs> Does Riley die in the show? No. no. He's still alive. Yeah. 
when he finds out that Buffy and and Angel fuck as Twilight, does he ever know that? Does he ever find that out? I mean, I think because he's involved in the whole thing. I'm sure he'll be pissed. Uh, I mean, based on this reaction, <laughs> yeah, on ah, this reaction. <laughs> I know we haven't been together in years, and I'm married. But ah! <laughs> how dare you? Fuck. Angel's an okay guy if he's mopey and sad and brooding, but you give him even one second of pure, real pleasure, and that sets him off. Only in the big old kill your friends kind of way. And you know what makes Angel happiest? I'll give you a hint. It's not creme brulee. The information we needed to know was, I was in love with someone. Yeah, I, He's a vampire. He lost his soul. He lost his soul. He Who cares how? He murdered a bunch of people. It was very traumatic. And, like, I, I killed him. And that's the most important part. He lost his soul. He became a fucking monster. Like, there's trauma there. Yes. And it's true. And Xander is really just digging it in because yeah. he knows. Well, and because I mean, he's still hung up on her, well, too. Well, sure, like, sure. Of course, of course. Up. Can you believe her? Even if you take it in the context of a normal relationship, superheroes shit aside. Yeah. Okay, I have exes. Everyone has exes. It's like, but you don't tell the person you're with. No. You don't be like, and then we had sex this time, and this time, and that one time he turned into I a just, fucking soulless killing machine. But this time, but that's the yeah. one I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Why did that happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> then, because then there was a this time after that soulless yeah. killing machine. And I just, I want to know more about that. Yeah. One. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, you I left think, it ambiguous. Yeah. It came back to bite you. Um, Clearly it was. And I know you didn't think Xander and Riley ever talked, but I would have... The only one is is why he reacts like that to me. I agree. Why he's like, oh, wait, they had sex? I know. What? No girls in the club? I think you're the first girlfriend Riley's ever had. Big head on that skinny little body. No, you're just the first one to get him to commit treason. Makes sense because if anything, you think that he would feel superior to Angel because he's like, Look, look, man, you gotta have sex with her once, and I have sex with her once a day. I boned her for a whole episode. <laughs> we so, almost died. <laughs> we were going either up or down into some dimension. You wouldn't even understand, you dumbass. That's, that's the way the jealousy thing doesn't make sense because if anything, like, you should look at that and think that's really tragic. Yeah. And <laughs> it seems like you would then feel more secure. Like, clearly, this is a dead end. Like, yeah. they've made the decision. And they've made like the realization this doesn't work because of this. Yeah, yeah. And that's where maybe it would have benefited Buffy for her to disclose it all. Like, look, maybe. man, we had sex sure. one time and I literally can't be with him. I cannot be with him. He just seems so unstable, though. Yeah, that's the only way it makes sense is that the whole time they're having this conversation, she's like having to stroke his ego and be like, it's okay. Don't worry. It's don't worry. Well, and Zaki. I also wonder, it doesn't sound like he ever asked. Like, she didn't lie about it. He never spoke explicitly well how does he lose his soul you just like and then he lost his soul moving on yeah. true true so like in my head i envision a conversation where she's like i need to tell you some things about my past and he's like okay angel lost his soul and so she's like so i had this boyfriend it was really yeah. traumatic he's a vampire but he has a soul but at one point he lost his soul and he killed a bunch of my friends and then i had to kill him to save the world he's back now and he has a soul again but like we're broken up. And then Riley's like, know. whoa, that's a lot of information. And I didn't know I wanted all of that. So or like, actually, this is not going to look really great, but I have to actually go see him right now. But yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so, <laughs> but I mean, like, I think in that context where she's like, here's like a quick rundown of this extremely long relationship that I've had. Because yeah. I feel like you should know. By the way, I'm going to go see him. <laughs> I, I don't think. It ends the best way possible. Right. I don't think. <laughs> 
that it's necessarily like a bad thing that she wouldn't just explicitly be like we fucked and he lost his soul because it was like the happiest he's been in 500 years like i don't know that you need to say that to give like the arc of what happened because i think to a certain extent them having sex the reason that he loses his soul is kind of irrelevant to the entire arc of the story like it's no less impactful at what he did right like it doesn't change the end i mean if anything it's like and incredibly tragic to think about Angel loving her so much and then not being able to be with her. Yeah. And if Riley spiraled out thinking, I don't love Buffy that much. Yeah. I don't lose my soul sense. when I have sex. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I don't know that I, like, uh, that I could, that that would be the thing that would make me lose my soul is Buffy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's my weakness and maybe huh. that means I'm not good enough for her. Ooh, like, if you had that I like moment, that. I like this little... that would be a lot more fun than him being like, I'm not as strong as Buffy and also she had a vampire boyfriend. But he He's loves her so much he can't think straight. King of pain and girls yeah. really like that. Oh, man. Yeah, and we He's know so he, insecure. We I mean, know he didn't ask any questions because she walked in beat up to fucking back yeah. and he didn't say a goddamn thing yeah <laughs> don't care don't know Unusual where he's been don't care for a slayer. <laughs> God. Uh, um so, so just good. a we talked a lot about riley and buffy and that's good but i wanted yeah. to say something about buffy and angel now famously on this podcast we don't give a fuck about buffy and angel i think this is my favorite buffy and angel moment um probably this and forever uh because Ooh. like how can you get away from oh, forever for, this just forever fucking so, so sweet and perfect but like they are it's so believable this is the only time to me this relationship has ever felt believable mm. because they are adults they yeah. seem they i feel like i've interacted with my exes like this this is like such a relatable and yeah. real conversation they walked two out people. on riley too like yeah i'm yeah. oh, not leaving this room all right we'll leave <laughs> not okay, moving a muscle. <laughs> cool guy uh, uh and child. it just it like it really made me feel like they they had something and in a way that's not mm. teen over dramatic overwrought ridiculous it's just like we're, here we are, two people being. Oh, and Riley. Yeah. I don't like him. Thank you. Well, we've said multiple times that we like Angel without Buffy so much, and it's so cool to have. Angel without Buffy with Buffy is such a neat dynamic, I and I think it, it plays so well. I think Boreanaz is funnier in this episode than he's ever oh, been yeah. on an episode yeah, oh, yeah. of Buffy. Agreed. And it's just and Angel's so a funnier good. show. It's Angel yeah, yeah. on Buffy, getting to do those great. things. Yeah, yeah. I don't particularly love this episode. It does have a lot of jokes in it. The one scene that does stick out in my mind when I think about season three is the scene with Angel and Riley and Buffy in her dorm room, and then the conversation Angel has with Buffy afterwards. I think it's really nice to see like like you said it feels like a really real moment that you would have with an ex mm-hmm. and it's really nice to see like you know we aren't compatible as like boyfriend girlfriend or whatever but I still care about you and I want to like I want to apologize for how I treated you because that wasn't fair like that was so nice to see Angel take the time to do that especially when like the way he left her was kind of devastating. Like, it seems yeah. like even yeah. just that moment, he's grown as a person to be like, look, I'm sorry, I don't want to leave things like this with you. I don't want things to be bad. Um, I find really refreshing, especially juxtaposed with Riley, who's beginning this spiral Ooh, out yeah. into, like, darkness. It's really nice to see Angel, and he actually feel like a steady point of reference to be like, oh, yeah, like... This is where Buffy is coming from. <laughs> and that's, I think that's also why it feels great. Like where they are in their relationship right now is because I think we're fully through 
the yeah. looking glass. He's not holding on to her anymore. Like, she's over him. Like, they're actually over each other, and they're coming together to care about each other as people yeah. and not as, like, romantic partners. And Angel can be fun because he can not only care about Buffy and be an adult, but then he can be a little child fighting with Riley. <laughs> I mean, and it's, like, so it's kind of the best because he does that with Spike, too. He becomes a little child, mm-hmm. and they start fighting like little babies. And it's fucking great. <laughs> I mean, I love it. they're hilarious. When he's like, don't push me, boy. Like, the way he's, like, infantiling, infantilizing. Riley. Riley. Because yes. it's like, yeah, I mean, he's a 300-year-old vampire, and he sees this, like, tiny little college boy, and he's like, don't push me, boy. And I just, like, love the dynamic that they have, and yeah. it's so fun, and it's like, like, you know, you don't even know who I am to Buffy. And, and like, Riley held his own, around. which I don't agree with, because that doesn't make any sense, can I No, but, but like, like, but for him, in terms of, like, what it's supposed to feel like with the betrayal, it was well done, because you're supposed to think he really fought hard for Buffy, because they really have a thing. And I mean, also, Angela just killed, like, eight. He didn't, I mean, he didn't kill them. He did seriously, okay, grievously injure them. He did just do like an eight-on-one fight <laughs> before Riley it took him out without even breathing. <laughs> but Riley, of course, could hold his own. I mean, it's the same Xander problem. How does Xander yes, all of a sudden yes, of fight people? Because yeah. we need him too. Damn it! Damn it! Wow, that chip in your head means you can't even point a gun. How humiliating! It doesn't work anyway. It's a fake. Can't even point a decorative gun. We've been doing a lot of yelling, but let's do even more disorganized, random, chaotic yelling. Stacia, do you want to yell first? Um, unnecessary to have Giles playing guitar, especially uh, is right it? after. <laughs> is it? Uh, <laughs> is it? No. But I do love that he was so engrossed in playing the guitar that he did this like squeak scream when he realized <laughs> that Spike was in the room. Would you still remember? Well, I must be traveling on now. There's too many places I've got to see. And if I stay here with you, girl, things just couldn't be the same. Cause I'm as free as a bird now. <laughs> You know, for someone who's got Watcher on his resume, you might want to cast an eye to the front door every now and again. <laughs> Freebird, Leonard Skinner. I was, I was waiting for the solo. Yep. He never got to it. Well, yeah, I don't know if it's going to go as well on the acoustic. And he didn't have his rock earring in, I pointed out. Mm. We, we know now that Giles, when he's ready to rock, he pops the earring in. He did not so have it. So you're thinking this is, he would have this is a practice gotten sesh, right up okay? to that and then just... Stop. Put, put the earring away. in. Grab the electric guitar. You're too picky, man. Do you know how many girls you could have? You lead guitar, Oz. It's currency. You're out of your mind. That's no way to play lead guitar. What are you talking about? That's just hunt and peck. Hey, Xander, you've heard Wretched Refuse play. What do you think of the guy who plays lead? I gotta learn an instrument. Is it hard to play guitar? Not the way I play it. Don't you have some ambition? Oh, yeah. Yeah. E-flat diminished ninth. Huh? Well, the E-flat, it's, it's doable, but it's that diminished ninth, you know. It's a man's chord. You could lose a finger. Spike saying I killed the hell out of them. 
heard you killed two slayers. I killed the hell out of them. <laughs> when in fact, it's like, I don't know. It's not like he, I don't know. He didn't like destroy them or maim them. And in fact, he didn't even drink fucking Nikki Wood's blood, which is insane and a pet peeve of mine that I'll have for the rest of my life. But anyway, I killed the hell out of them. I think it's tough when bad guys, like our general friend, are like always underestimate Buffy. The government's invested as We'll a catch up to him. My feeling is he won't stray too far from the girl. Yes, uh, Buffy Summers. Our databanks don't have much on her. She's just a girl. That scene, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking a lot about the filming of that scene. We're in Zoom. We're in a Marriott hotel. Like, just, <laughs> like, that's where we are. But in real life, in 2020, speaking of 20 years of difference, uh, we are in Zoom meeting time. Oh. Zoom is having a boom. It is boom Zoom time. Oh, and no. this is way predating video calls. So what the practical shooting of this must have been was we recorded this guy, the old dude who is nameless, who Colonel McNamara is talking <laughs> to, alone in a room. And then we have Colonel McNamara acting at the video screen that's just playing. At the right time. Yes. In time with it, which all, was just like, oh, No, man. all they wanted was this shot where you could see him. So Both at the same time. It's very nice. Yeah, that does look nice. That's the beautiful. Only they, that's the only reason they did that. I love, I love the white-haired, nameless guys acting where he's like, "Oh, okay, no glasses." Okay, yes, Buffy. Wait, Buffy? sorry, glasses. Some Buffy Summers glasses <laughs> down. Acting anyway, Sasha. <laughs> Um, can't even point a decorative gun. I love Anya's oh. complete squirt. Oh, yeah. oh that's <laughs> so Spike. good. Oh, Spike in the gun. Eviscerating. So like, call 911. Spike's been murdered. <laughs> and just like under her breath, too. They're just like, can't a decorative gun? Loser. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. So, that's a fun scene when he like mm. turns around and like, yeah. ah, I can't do it. And Spike's left handed. I always forget. Fuck, uh, yeah. Spike being left handed. Oh. You brought up uh, the the moment where he's hanging out with Adam Spike is in his crypt. Where'd this computer setup come from? How does he get internet down in his crypt? We don't ask those questions. We simply accept that Adam plugs the internet into his head and then has all the answers. <laughs> and he does. Oh, I hate that. It's the worst. And I just can't get over it. I'm sorry. Um, we talked a lot about relationships in this episode. The one we didn't mention was Buffy and Forrest. Mm. All right, fucking P Forest Gates. I mean, barely even ah! mentioned it. I mean, we were died. gonna watch. We're gonna watch Forest. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but it's true. It's... Should have had a montage ready to go. Oh, I'll montage the shit out. Of <laughs> <laughs> I got Don't quotes galore. Don't worry. Oh, iconic. Yes. yes that's gonna um, be amazing. For one, the standoff with the two guns. Ridiculous. <laughs> two Spider Man's pointing at one another. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and then Forest is like. Family's tearing apart. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> and then he basically yells at Bobby saying, you've made uh, Riley, who has such a promising future, into a no-account bum mm-hmm. living in a bombed-out school, and then promptly <laughs> dies. <laughs> because somehow they both decided they needed to explore the same cave oh, that Adam's just like, hey, guys. <laughs> and this cave that it doesn't exist and never will come up again. See, that's what I'm like, saying. It's not a crypt. It's a cave. It's a yeah. separate entity. It's, it's fucked up is what it is. Not easy to reach. It's remote. You could like, have so, done this anywhere it's else. It's so weird. Buffy's like, I got to go hunt Adam. Walks immediately to the cave that he's at. Forrest is like, hey, I'm here to hunt Adam. They go into the cave not looking for Adam and just have a fight together. Like, <laughs> worst idea ever. <laughs> Sorry, Forrest. Sorry, Doug better, buddy. That's a rough look, Doug. Yeah, that was Come not on. great. Woof. At least we'll see him again. We will, which I'm stoked for. No. No. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see him again. 
<laughs> Even as a robot, I'm fine. Because he's dead. He's dead. He he's dead. gone. Yeah. Oh, poor Riley, though, man. Yeah, do you no think, shit for Riley. Do you think Riley would have reacted like that if Buffy died? Or he'd be like, okay, I guess I can just go back to I mean, life. what a weird scene that is, too. We didn't really talk about it, but, like, he's like, I still need to tell you, I still need to tell you something. Forrest is dead. And he's yeah. like, I have to go. I have to leave. And then goes straight to Adam, right? Yeah. Like, so we find out a little bit in the next episode that he's like kind of brainwashed and maybe Adam activated his chip conveniently at the same time. But no, like his reaction was, and I get it again, my boyfriend's dead and you're yeah. going to be in trouble. Like he immediately was like, I know what I'm going to do. Avenge my boyfriend's death immediately. I don't even care. Like, that's a great point. Would he go, would he, wait, you said it. Buffy. Would he, yeah. If that happened to Buffy, would he immediately go to beat Adam up? Probably. But that's how we know he loves Forrest because he's like, I'm going to go kill the motherfucker that killed my boyfriend. Goodbye. I have to go do something now. Goodbye. So it's a fair point. R.I.P. Forest Gates. Yeah, R.I.P. Forest. Apart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I put this red wire on the cell phone, so now I can track everyone's movement, so no one will know where I am, Buffy. Definitely not in your dorm room is a place where the initiative would look for me, Riley Finn, who was a former member of the initiative. I've got this red wire now. <laughs> so and I've got nice pants. And he's got clown pants. I've never seen Xander wear those pants. We've never seen Xander wear those pants. We will never see Xander, Xander wear those pants. Xander is a friend of Spikes. Sir, no sir. Uh, I had a stroke when I saw this because... Um, <laughs> so not only... I mean, I love the pants. That's fine. Uh, fashions come and go. I'm not going to sit here and judge any of that. My problem was Xander took my clothes to clean them. Why? Why? And I just kept asking myself why, and I didn't mean to keep repeating it. But, like, why can't he just be an adult? And why would Xander... Of all people. Of all people offer to do it just because we saw it in an episode that he has a fucking washer-dryer that Xander, that Giles that. makes coffee on? Like, Super we don't... convenient. You're sneaking gross, around with your man. red wire. Go to the fucking dorm. Like, cle- Sorry. There's clearly a laundry room because Oz and Veruca almost have sex oh, in it. Oh, man, like, come on. How much sex could you potentially get into? Yeah, but he's got the red wire. And he's also fucking here in these fucking gauche pants. This isn't hiding. This is the opposite of hiding. (laughs) I like when Angel and Riley are fighting or whatever, and Angel says something like, do you think I can take you? And Riley says, I surely do. (laughs) All we love is just kind of basic, like, Western (laughs) draw. Just, like, so absurd. Why in that moment is that, like, the, like, most badass thing you can think to say? It's not a great line. It's, it's not. But I think maybe that's even a testament to how the realism of the show, right? Like, in that moment, you want to say something cool, and he's like, I surely do. <laughs> Shit. Damn it, I was going to say, let's tango. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, again, basically everything that Giles said during the last five minutes of the episode is fucking gold. Uh uh, you forget, sir. Alfred had a job. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Fort Dix laughs hysterically itself <laughs> in bloody hell. I mean, it's just the absolute best thing. Yeah. That's all, that's all I got. Willow, up until this point, has only come out to Buffy. So she's only being feeling weird and touchy about Tara in regards to Buffy. But then she just screams it in front of everyone she knows. And to see Xander and Giles' reaction after Giles has already left the scene is hilarious. Like, what a great yeah. moment. Yeah. That's why the chaos of that final scene is so funny. And it's just one of those well-written, four people having a convo. Like, I just love to think of the script and just, like, how it's all broken up. It's well, just sure. Lovely. And all the physical comedy moments. Like, the Giles tripping comedy. up the stairs, yeah, throwing oh, yeah, the sweater. Throwing like, the sweater on Drunkingly the walking. <laughs> and they don't even acknowledge. It's just, like, it, all the and stuff is happening. And Giles is just standing up there. <laughs> staring down. Screaming, Tara's my girlfriend. <laughs> 
And then you imagine that bloody hell, and then he probably like fell into bed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I love it. I was trying to think. I was like, why would he still be listening? Because like I'm going to bed. Throws the like we presume he just fell into his bed. But then I was like, maybe he was like taking his shoe off, and then he's like. Girlfriend, ah! <laughs> amazing. And the, the best part is that no one brings it up again. Yeah. Like yeah. after that moment, that is it. That's all we get. It's like, and now everyone knows, and no one gives a shit. And that's yeah. exactly what you want. No Beautiful. one gives a shit. Beautiful. And finally, Yoko Ono. So the whole episode, the Yoko Factor, is about Yoko Ono. We get a great quote from Spike. You were successful. <sighs> Easier than I thought it'd be, too. You're sure. <sighs> I feel it in my bones. It's uh. Call it the Yoko factor. Don't tell me you've never heard of the Beatles. I have. I like Helter Skelter. What a surprise. The point is, they were once a real powerful group. It's not a stretch to say they rule the world. When they broke up, everyone blamed Yoko. But the fact is, the group split itself apart. She just happened to be there. Yeah, the CBS uh, reported at the time of the Beatles breaking up. Said They said, quote, The event is so momentous that historians may one day view it as a landmark in the decline of the British Empire. Holy the Beatles breaking up. Holy shit. Yoko Ono is still alive. Yeah, I know that. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This isn't for you. Yeah, sorry. maybe this people out audience. there are sorry, like, sorry. <laughs> I know that. For Why are you telling me? I love that. Uh, <laughs> February 18, 1933, though. I mean, that's, that's a long time ago. Oh, she was born in 33? 33. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, and her legacy is being reinterpreted uh, in time. Like, um, you know, a lot of people at the time thought she broke up the Beatles. Right. And now that we've gone so far beyond, I don't think I don't think a lot of people think that anymore. And even all the Beatles have said no. Although it's it was kind of crazy uh, for a minute. So uh, she met John Lennon at, an, at her own art expedition. Uh, exhibition. Exhibition in 1966. <laughs> Where's the art going? <laughs> Well, I'll talk to Joyce in the gallery. Um, ah, Joyce! Maybe it was at Joyce's gallery. Uh, they married in 1969. Sean Lennon, of course, from Chibo Mato. Who has been in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Is uh, their son. Uh, Lennon's, he was married at the time, of course, because John Lennon is an upstanding person. Um, his wife, Cynthia, wanted to know why Yoko Ono kept calling their house. And he said it's for her avant-garde bullshit. So she is an avant-garde artist. That's what she was known for. And that's kind of what she sort of, in a way, brought to the Beatles. But is it really that avant-garde? Who knows? Um, in May of 1968, uh, they went on a holiday in Greece. Just Yoko and John. Oh, that's not a great look. Not a great look. Uh, they spent the night. They recorded two versions, two versions of the album, two versions. Have you seen the cover of that? That's John and Yoko naked, mm-hmm. just standing there awkwardly. Um, and then they made love till dawn, which no one needed to know. Just like we didn't know that uh, Xander is a Viking in the sack. Yeah. Terrific. We yep. don't need to yep. know that. Um, and then when Lennon's wife returned home, they they returned to their to his home. And Lennon and Yoko were there and his wife walked in. Yes. And Yoko says, hi. Yeah. Um, which is not a gr- not a great look. Uh, Lennon wrote, "Happiness is a warm gun," not about heroin, which is what everyone thinks it's about, but about being horny for Yoko Ono. Nice. Just give me one more shot um, in my veins, you know that kind of Gene stuff. Gene Simmons will literally co-op that and say, talk, "Make a whole song about his love gun." Uh, yeah. yeah, tough stuff. And you might remember their bed ends where they sit in bed, mm-hmm. um, and then they to protest know, whatever. to protest the well, whatever the Vietnam War. Yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> uh, recorded, give peace a chance. Together, they wrote Give Peace a Chance. That song, right? Is, Lennon said before he died that his biggest regret was giving McCartney co-writing credit for that, 
when it was just him and Yoko doing it. Uh, but at the time, they were still in the Beatles, so that was the thing. Uh, Lennon wrote the song, The Ballad of John and Yoko, about this time, which is a great song. Um, Lennon changed his middle name from Winston to Ono, <laughs> but they wouldn't allow him to use it on official documents because that was his Christian name. I, I don't know what why exactly the British government said no to that. They were like, you know, you can call yourself whatever you want to, but they denied his request to change his name. I don't know why, but um, when Ono was injured in a car accident, they brought in a bed during the recording sessions for Abbey Road. So she was sitting there. Um, she ate one of George's uh, George Harrison's digestive biscuits. Mm. I don't know what that is. It's just a cookie. It's just, just a, a shitty cookie. cookie. Like and a graham cracker cookie. He of. was pissed and he was over it at that point. He's like, How dare you, my fucking cookies? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is bullshit. And apparently she just you know, had little things to say about the the recording process. So I think that grated on everyone's oh, nerve. And I think created like the conditions for what was to come, the animosity between them. Uh so then they eventually broke up. They both released an album under the plastic ono band. John's is more famous. He had the song Mother, Working Class Hero, um, God. Famously, the god uh, is, I don't believe in magic. Sorry, Willow. Uh, I don't believe in I Ching. I don't believe in the Bible. He also doesn't believe in tarot. Uh, Hitler, Jesus, Kennedy, Buddha, Mantra, Gita, Yoga, Kings, Elvis, Zimmerman, (gasps) or the Beatles. I just believe in me. Yoko is how the song ends. Um, So, and that was a, that's a big song. It's a great song. Um, They separated for a bit in the 1970s. uh, And then apparently Paul McCartney was the one that sort of brought them back together. Um, He really loved his son, Julian. Um, It's really sweet what he says. He said, quote, 90% of the people on this planet uh, resulted in an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, Sean is a planned child. There's the difference. Hmm. So he had a son before Julian who was uh, unplanned. Sean was planned. That's the difference. Uh, But I do love Julian. I don't love Julian any less as a child. He's still my son, whether he came from a bottle of whiskey or because they didn't have pills in those days. Cool. Uh, Lennon was murdered um, by Ono's side on December 8th, 1980. Well, I'm really glad that we, like, have reassessed Yoko Ono's legacy, like, as we were coming, like, slightly less sexist in our older ages as human beings. Uh, Because, yeah, there was the instant patriarchal misogyny of just, like, fucking bitches, they ruin everything, which is why it was easy to blame Yoko Ono at the time. Uh, And then also just, like, the unsung nature of women throughout history, where, like, she was a huge inspiration for a lot of Lennon's work. For his avant-garde stuff. And the avant-garde is less avant-garde as we go along in time. So what seemed avant-garde then seems less avant-garde to us now. So I think it's hard, just like a lot of stuff, to put ourselves in the time frame then. Because she was a marginal artist. And a lot of the a lot of stuff that John did was marginal, but it became more mainstream just because he's a Beatle. So it's tough. So it sort of pushed the avant-garde into the mainstream too. But it's true. It's true. And I, I think that it's any all of the Beatles would say later that we hated one another at that point. Sure. And Yoko was not really a factor. Well then you also have like the the infidelity angle too. So then you would have probably women at the time being like they all, and they all were how dare you fucking do that to cynthia right like that oh sure sure so that's there's a lot of reasons to hate yoko fashionable or unfashionable at the time and that like it's cool that we can reevaluate and reassess well and, and eventually it's all come around sean is great friends with julian um the two kids from from john lennon and um it was like 2005 they um there was like a they went to one of Julian's art expeditions or something and Cynthia was there for Julian and they showed up Sean and and Yoko and they all like had a picture taken and they were all 
you know, seemingly friends with one another. That's so cool. after all this time, I mean, that was 15 years ago, but I mean, they're all still alive. Yeah. So I don't know. You can only hope that time has healed all of these wounds, uh, just like time will heal Riley's wounds. Yeah, bringing it back to Buffy. It's just funny that Sean Lennon was in an episode of Buffy. Uh, that's very funny. Because yeah. he was part of Shiba Mato. It's amazing. Really. Go from Paris to the Amsterdam Talking in our beds for a week. Uh, we're a real podcast, in case you didn't know. You can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. That's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, if you are if you are a person who likes music, you know, like Yoko Ono and shit. Put a Yoko <laughs> song on there. Fuck yeah. Why not? We have a whole playlist that contains music from any of the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that are available on Spotify, as well as songs that are used within our episodes here. And they're all collected in a beautiful little package that can be found at Beat Me hyphen playlist for podcast fans. Season four. On Spotify. Oh, so check no, that out. That's not what it's called. Fun time playlist for podcast fans. Oh, Jesus. Season four. Yeah. Beat me. Hyphen. Fun time playlist for podcast fans. Nope. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Season four. Yeah, you didn't say that before. Fun time. Fun time. Fun time. What, do you, what kind of time You're do you think You're the one who named it, it. Fun yeah. time. Fun time is so iconic. It's one word, too. But isn't it Reese Cupcake? No, oh, God. Right. Wait. Cont- continue. Are we You're done? Also, there's no such thing as trivia. There's no such thing as group outings anymore. So it doesn't matter. You don't need to know. But all that matters is that I need to be updated about my watches. Tell me what happened. I need to watch watch. Yeah, done. Uh, Xander Construction Outfit Watch, no. Maroon Jacket Watch, not in my lifetime. Uh, (laughs) Force Escape for Riley Watch, obviously. Oh, man. Buffy, no girls in this club? Forrest, you think you're the first girl that Riley's had? Yes, I do. I do think you're the <laughs> Before them, there was only me, four skates. Yes, of course. Literally, uh, the apex of the episode, Riley, uh, there's no good way to tell you this. Forrest is dead. Oh, no. I have to go. I have I to have leave. I have to leave. <laughs> uh, Chips Ahoy, of course, Spike uh, is trying to get out of that from Adam. Yeah, that's of course, the whole so. reason he's even his Absolutely lucky. in there. Da Hoffman Watch, absolutely not. You should lock the door. Yes, Spike, quote, oh, for someone... God who has Watcher in his resume, you might want to cast your eye at the front door every now and again. Iconic. Great shit. <laughs> Which is why Casual you need to watches, because holy so shit. Good. He, he closes his eyes playing Freebird. Like I, like, I know you're into it, but it's... Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, Sandy Watch, of course not. Michael Wicket, Amy Goth Watch. <laughs> there is no, no. goth watching. Uh, Books a Million. I don't think anyone picked up a book. I don't think anyone picked up a book. Streets Ahead... No. Nah, man. No one's no one's going anywhere. The cave. crypt all of a sudden isn't cave. Spike's crypt. So it's like, a cave in the woods. That's not a street. That's a trail. Jaw's biggest KO. Yes. Alcohol. Oh, Brown liquors. <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly get that. It's fucked up. Wow, yeah, that's the biggest KO of the season is when Giles getting shitty drunk and falling up the stairs. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, God. Buffy, you can't go back alone. You'll never train with me anymore. He's going to kick your ass. Giles. Uh, the time has come to rank this sucker. Willow Hacks, we talk about the net. Oh, sweet Jesus, do we. Do we ever. Do some amazing text randomly scrolling through a screen hacking. Thank God for the Matrix. Gave it an eight. Uh, Giles also on encryption. Quote, uh, whatever happened to Latin? 
at least when that made no sense, the church approved. The church approved. The church approved. So, speaking of Giles. Speaking of Giles. Giles level Giles. I gave him a three. I just don't. This has got to be the you lowest. Are, you're such a, you You don't You don't want the alcoholic Giles. Giles. You don't want alcoholic Giles to be a part of your world. He but fucks up the cannon. He is absolutely Giles Look, as man, hell in he this episode. He is crazy drunk yeah. in the presence of people who are not Perfect. able to drink, who Perfect. are ostensibly in his care. He's Ripper. What, no, what do you no, he's not. And that's why I gave him a three. He's not even cool Ripper. He's just drunk. It's just a sad drunk. Yeah. That's also. Which is not Giles. Uh, it's part of Giles. He gets a three as much as it pains me because it fucks up my rankings. And I'm going to have to live with that, but we'll talk about it in a second. Riley. All right. Riley ruins everything. We talked in depth about his reaction to Buffy sleeping with Angel because of fucking course she slept with him, you idiot. But I think on the whole, like, he handles it well and even as fucking over the top as the I can't think straight because I love you so much or whatever line is. I gave him a six because I think he's still better than worse yeah, at this point. Fine. I think he's, he should have asked why his girlfriend is a fucking gaping wound on his forehead. But like that aside, he Is it weird that Riley never him. cratered? When we started this season, we were like, I can't I wait to give Riley zeros. But turns it out really turns it was out. season five all along. <laughs> it was his short sentence season five where that he really, really just. Colored everything. But maybe we'll come out of the first six episodes of season five. We're like, but you know what? Actually, Riley, great. I you know what this is done? I think so. This is a Riley supportive positive podcast. Uh, anyway, give him a six. Okay. Monster of the week. I had to go with Spike, and because I had to go with Spike, fucking ten, flawless. He was yeah, he yeah, was the awesome. the only antagonist in this whole plot. I mean, like Adam is there. He does kill Force Gates again, R.I.P. And he does it amazingly. So ten. I mean, the yes. fact that he doesn't lay hands on a single person and is able to disrupt their entire dynamic. He didn't even get to see the fruits of his labor. That was very sad. Yeah, he missed the whole cool five minute fight. I like to think that he's just yeah. peering in the window. Relationship goodness or badness? I gave it a plus because Xander and Anya seem okay. Uh, except they I gave hate it a, you. <laughs> I gave it a plus. Like, okay for them. Uh, for Willow and Tara being okay. I gave it a plus because Buffy and Riley they came out of it okay. But everything else is garbage, so I gave it a three. So, (laughs) like, everything else is... We are in the worst place we've ever been as a group. The Scoobies are fucking falling apart. Is this the lowest ever? Yeah, it might be. So I think this is definitely the biggest drop. The only other thing I can think is maybe, like, Willow and Oz breaking up in Wild at Heart. No, 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 nothing so far has been asked. No, not that it involves all of our friends that I can think of. Yeah. Um, Episode specific. The most, in that vein, heartbreaking line of the whole episode... Starting to understand why there's no ancient prophecy about a chosen one and her friends. Mm. Ooh, ten that's out of ten. That, whoa. That's and that's where we ended. Our friends. No. Uh, that only gives it 40 points. And that hurts me because I do fucking love this episode. And, and I'm glad that rewatching it, I still feel ultimately positive about the whole thing. And, and the jokes are great. Spike is fantastic. But only 40 points, which puts it at 9 out of 20 for the series. Uh, for the series, for the season. So that's right above Living Conditions and right below Wild at Heart. Stacia, where did you put this one? I put this at 46 out of 76. Okay. It's below um, episodes from season three of Beer Bad and The Initiative. Oh! And above Heart Light of Day and The Freshman. Below. Below Beer Bad. Nice. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a baller move. I can't, I I can't pull that trigger. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Beer Bad this time around, and this is just, 
I yeah. don't care about it. And Beer Bad, like, honestly, is now an iconic episode in my mind. It's so Moving good. forward. It's really good. It's up there with Bad Eggs. Well, you know what I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really hoping for is to get in a conversation with people that aren't us that like uh. Buffy and be like, Cisha, will you tell the f- <laughs> the people how Beer Bad is a good episode I of TV? Will. <laughs> oh, I would, I would jump up too and just be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, nice. I was you once. I do. Stupid. Was a fool. <laughs> exactly. All right. So forty. What did you say? Forty-seven. Forty-six. Forty-six. Yeah. Forty-six. Right. Daniel. Um, this did make me think, though, about overrating these episodes. I know that I ranked this one high back in the day without looking at anything until so the end funny. of the season because it's so good and it's just such a great premise and obviously all of the drama is so good but i don't know is it is it as good as uh you know in a, in a 137 episodes is it really a top 20 i don't i don't know i don't think so but i don't i don't know i don't know so i'm i'm not gonna go top 20 um but it does make me fear something a that primeval's not as bad as i think which mm-hmm. scares me and <laughs> and uh B, worst of all, is a potential number one in Restless not being as good as I think it is. Um, no. Because I'm willing to pull the trigger if I have to. Uh, but I'm going to say number 27. <laughs> 27. Yeah. 27 out I, of 137. I, I, I. Oh, it's definitely going to be high. You can yeah. justify this at 27. Sure. Uh, but putting Beer Battle like number four or something would be a tough call. <laughs> but, it, but it's a more honest call. <laughs> I, that's, what I th- that's why I'm so grateful that we're doing this because 20 years, yeah, I, I mean, even somebody like me who's watched this series over at least every two or three years, yeah. it, it's like, it's so cool to really analyze, analyze this and try to be more objective. And yeah. even me right now with this episode specifically, I struggle because I'm like, this, these are, these are facts. It's this science. is objective science and you can't fight it. I, this only got a 40 and me. Being my I mean, subjective, loving, love this. loving the show, I would. I, you're talking, you know, like tw- top twenty. I would always throw this in a top twenty. I know, I know. And will it make the this cut was at the end of it all? In a top twenty before. Absolutely. I don't know. So what a fucking great experiment that we're doing yeah. here, and we will see. Uh, so I just certainly hope you join us the next time. But that's the Yoko factor. It's done. It's in the books. All done. Unless Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode okay. of television? No, I don't. <laughs> do you have anything else to say about this episode of television? I don't. Wow. Well. I really appreciate everybody listening, and I hope you do join us next week for the unofficial finale of season four, yeah. Primeval, episode 21. It's going to be maybe great. No who one knows. knows. If knows. you would have asked me before this, I would say it's awful, but it's probably who fucking fine. knows? <laughs> Until then, Daniel, say goodbye. Let me guess. You thought of something else really hurtful to say, and well, you couldn't tell me on a podcast because the funniest part was a look on my face. Oh! Station top that. Say goodbye. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yoko, see you for Primeval next time. Bye. I know what you feel. Not likely. You feel smothered, trapped like an animal, pure in its ferocity, unable to actualize the urges within clinging to one truth like a flame struggling to burn within an enclosed glass that a beast this powerful cannot be contained inevitably it will break free and savage the land again I will make you whole again Make you savage.
Wow. I mean, yeah. I get what the demons all fall in line with you. 